0: I'm Josh, I am one of the partners and uh, occasional manager at the Mayfair Theatre, Uh, sitting here in the Mayfair Theatre balcony with a couple of the managers, Andrew and Mel. Hello. Hello. And we're just testing out uh, the first in the long plan to do Mayfair podcast. Uh, If you're tuning in on the off chance that you don't know what the Mayfair Theatre is, uh, it opened in 1932 in Ottawa, Ontario. We are a single house movie theatre one of the, sadly, one of the few left uh, in North America, if not the whole planet, uh, it's a, a movie the theater. The whole planet. The so. whole planet, <laughs> so. <That's> so depressing. <laughs> We're, it, it's like Planet of the Apes, there's none left. Um, we show everything, it, it, in my high school days when I came here, it was a, a, a double bill movie theater. It's the first place that I saw David Lynch and Monty Python and um, Alfred Hitchcock movies, that sort of thing. In my college years, when I moved out of Ottawa, it kind of became more of like a pure second run house. And that's when I think it started getting in trouble. That's when I think it was going to close down in 2008, I believe, Mm -hmm. right? And then uh, uh, some folks, of which now I am a partner with, uh, saved it. And now it has evolved into showing everything from cult stuff like The Room and Rocky Horror to, to very mainstream things. Like, for example, we're showing... Gone Girl and Big Eyes currently and then we still occasionally show weird midnight movies or Saturday morning cartoons Um, or we have a sexy film festival coming up in February of short films Uh, we just hosted the Golden Globes and we're going to be doing the Oscars again so kind of a nice grab bag of things Um, and we are in the heart of a city that we now support Uh, two single house theatres, us and our friends over at the Bytown, which is another true rarity for a city to have not one but two theatres. And yeah, so that is us on the off chance that you're tuning in and don't know who the Mayfair Theatre is. And the the ongoing problem with a, a podcast is it's not live radio, so it's kind of hard for us to give you show times for tonight's shows or anything like that, but what we'll do is talk about stuff we've recently screened, stuff coming up, and just kind of ramble on about Mayfair things. Uh, we're we're mid-January right now, and it's already been an interesting year. Probably the biggest bit of publicity we got was screening the interview
1: amidst all yeah. of its terrorism and <laughs> hacker controversy. And we should we should probably mention that the interview is a movie that we probably normally wouldn't show.
2: We yeah, Lee said we wouldn't have played it.
0: Yeah, for cause, sure because we did screen. This is the end, but I'm not sure how well we did with it. I I saw it on, like, I think a a good night. When I saw it, it was a packed house. Yeah, But then if if we screened it for four other nights, it might have been nobody was here. I'm not (coughs) sure. But, yeah, so that's an example of something we might not necessarily have played, but when the multiplexes, powers that be, wanted to pass on it, and and not to make light of it, because there were fear that something horrible might happen, we either... Bravely or stupidly, did not have that fear and went sure we'll try it out, and I and, think it went really well with for and us. And nobody died. And nobody died. Nobody there, died. No, not really. Did nobody, nobody
2: even got hurt? Like we didn't dish out any band-aids.
0: <laughs> and there was no, not even a lot of like. People come. What I was most fascinated about the interview, is that, you know, you you can't, stereotype people too much because there are people who will come see a horror film and come see the 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 new. You know Helen Mirren drama, but there was a ton of people coming uh, who were not the Franco target audience, and who were not shy to tell us uh, that they were coming either because they wanted to fight censorship or to support us because they were knowledgeable that this was something we shouldn't have normally. Because I think it, it, it was it was scheduled to be released Christmas Day, mm-hmm. and we got it like
2: January 2nd January
0: 2nd yeah and so we did have a lot of like you know young Seth Rogany fans
2: but also a lot of uh sweet grandmas being like (laughs) well we have to come see this now you know because they don't want us to
0: which was which was great yeah and and we got some nice play from uh Franco and the uh the co-director co-writer Evan Goldberg shouting us out on Twitter the the magic of Twitter nowadays
1: yeah because they did a they did like a Vancouver screening or something where Seth Rogen was there yeah because they shot it in Vancouver
0: yeah, and they're and they're very uh, uh, Canada Canada proud Canadian yeah. boys still. If you if you look at their Twitter feed or if you look at any hints in their films, you see a lot of that still, still resonating there. So so they were they were very excited about saying, oh, we're into Canada now. We're coming soon in Canada, and and so I I, I thought it was fun, and and we got some swag out of it. We got the t-shirts and and some which, martini shakers, martini shakers, which we don't usually get for <laughs> for the.
2: We yeah, well, I mean, they usually dish those out for. Big Hollywood films the week they come out at the multiplex. You're supposed to give them out to customers and stuff like that. We ended up getting it after the movie was done its run with us, though. But I, 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 still cool.
0: I mean, to go on to our our, our Twitter or um, on the internet somewhere and post a photo and say we we survived the North Korean terrorist threat and all we got was this T-shirt.
2: <laughs> and a martini shaker I probably won't use.
0: Yes. <laughs> But it was, so that's an example of, of, of w- what we have screened recently. Uh, currently, kind of the top of conversation is in movie buffs is award season. Mm-hmm. So we we just, for per- a first experiment, and it, it didn't do kind of a packed house that the Oscars do, but we did very well with hosting the Golden Globes. The pre-Oscars. The pre-Oscars. <laughs> the pre-Oscars.
1: That's
0: good. And um, the the. What we do for that is it's a members-only private event. So we kind of skirt around the issue of selling tickets by making it members-only. So it's a private thing, but people, it's easy enough to become a member. And then we, um, we kind of play it up. And some people, especially for the Oscars, people get dressed up. And we have ballots and we give out prizes, if you guess the, 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 the most uh, winners. The Golden Globes is funny because it's TV and movies. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a few nominees, many of which, especially TV, to be honest, I had no idea, but I think there was like 25 categories or 26. And the winning person at the Golden Globes for us had 13. So like, like a, a D minus <laughs> won all the prizes for, for the Golden Globes. Um, uh, we're showing Big Eyes right now, which won the Golden Globe for comedy actress for Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because I just came to see Big Eyes on Friday night here with us. And I enjoyed it.
1: But I didn't think it's it was a comedy <laughs> per se, which is a long-running thing that people make fun. They're of pretty for. broad with their uh, with their categories, like comedy or musical. I'm fascinated why they haven't just gotten rid of that and what let a,
2: yeah, what is the genre anymore?
1: Let
0: let musical lay where it may. So mm-hmm. even if you're gonna split it up between drama and, and comedy, which is iffy at best sometimes, because that means that like in previous years, I think you'd you've had like like comedy comedies. And then Les Mis in the same category, which is just weird. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we're showing Big Eyes right now. And Gone Girl, which was a movie that I think a lot of people thought was going to get a lot of Oscar nominations, but end up getting one for... Rosamund Pike. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, saw, I double-billed it. I saw Gone Girl on Friday night. And no matter when you listen to this podcast, if you haven't watched Gone Girl, I'm hesitant to talk about it at all. Because I managed to get to Gone Girl not knowing anything except for what you might garner from a trailer, that it's a murder mystery, that Ben Affleck is a husband who may or may not have killed his wife. and
1: uh. It's also like a satire on American celebrity culture, like when a beautiful woman goes missing and the media jumps all over that.
0: Yeah, and Missy Pyle plays like the kind of Fox News correspondent. Yeah,
1: the Nancy Grace kind of.
0: Yeah. But, I, but when the credits were rolling, I, I, I said, I, I can't believe I made it this long. And it didn't come out that long ago that I didn't have this spoiled for me. So I, I, I don't want to say too much about it, except for, although, although I do have fun when we host the Golden Globes and Oscars, they don't mean much to me. Like, like no. I never go, oh, that movie didn't win. I don't like it anymore. But having said that, <laughs> I, I, I thought it,
1: I thought it would, would have gotten a lot more than, than one nomination, uh, then, then it's kind of weird this year. A lot of good stuff was left out. Yeah. Oh
0: well, I I got to put my foot in my mouth because when I was kind of hosting the Golden Globes every once in a while, just going up and um some uh whenever we do special events, sometimes we have some cool local businesses will donate prizes and we kind of do what I call like a non money changing hand cross promotion and we kind of publicize do a bit of advertising and, and give away some prizes from a donator. So this time we had stuff from Lost Marbles, which is a toy store here in town, and um, Black Squirrel Books, which is right across the street from us. So they gave us a bunch of movie books to give away. And I went up at one point and I said, man, a bunch of you did vote for Lego Movie. And I think that's, that's going to screw you. That means you're not going to win. And then Lego Movie didn't win. Mm-hmm. And then on the heels of that, Lego Movie didn't get a nomination for Oscars. And I feel hypocritical because having always say, like, I don't care about Oscars. I was totally mad. that a Lego Movie didn't get. Didn't get that, nominated. that was the
1: biggest backlash. A lot of people were angry that that didn't get nominated for, I guess, best animated film.
0: And and to be fair, I look at the five other things nominated, and it's it's Big Hero Six, How to Train Your Dragon, uh, Box Trolls, um, and then a movie from the people who did what was it called, Secret of the Kells, and a Studio Ghibli movie. If I'm, I always don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. The Wind Rises. People, they did one. That was last year. Wind Rises. So they have another one nominating this year. So they're all stuff that's that's well worth recognition. But Lego Movie, and maybe it, it jinxed itself in that people thought, well, it made all the money and everyone loved it and sold a lot of toys. They don't need an award. I think there's a lot of times a bit of uh, thought like that when, stuff. yeah, like it. like they're like when you know if you make a lot of money, you don't need an award. So.
1: But what is it, the... uh, Well, I I find usually with with the animated features, it's always dominated by, like, Disney or or a big studio film. And there's, you know, there's three of those. There's Big Hero 6, and there's Box Trolls, which is uh, Kate... What's the name of that studio? Um, Kaika? Leica, Leica. yeah. yeah. Which is
0: essentially independent, but millions of dollars independent. Yeah. Like I, I think millions
2: of dollars of awesome independent Yeah, like <laughs> like
0: I, I if I remember correctly, I think the budget of box trolls was like sixty million dollars, which is of course still a ridiculous amount of money, mm-hmm. but the budget for Big Hero Six was probably like hundred and eighty million yeah. dollars or something. So it's 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 somewhat independent in comparison. And then the other
1: two are foreign animated Song films. Song of the Sea and The Tale of Princess Kai <laughs> So the princess one is is the anime,
0: Kaguya, and the, Kaiguya, the yeah. song of the sea is the one from the the Kells. It's also,
1: I think, what you would call like traditional two D animation. Well, that's interesting because usually it it, it uh, best animated feature is something. They're all movies I've heard of, and those yes. those two I haven't heard yeah. of.
0: Well, I think too, like those movies, we we played The Wind Rises. We've played a number of those anime films the last couple of years, and mm. I think. Even though it just got an Oscar nomination, I don't think that's even like on our radar yet. Like we haven't had like a coming soon poster or anything. Mm-hmm. So, so that's interesting. That that I think this year, even like the Golden Globes always gets gets uh, um, some bad publicity for that of saying like you're nominating a bunch of films that nobody has even yeah. seen yet. Yeah. So, but that's happening more and more. Where I think statistically, you look and and the Best Picture nominees, the Best Actor, Actress nominees like a a giant percentage like 75 or 80 percent are stuff released in december Mm -hmm. and they do that now they're savvy to that so they make sure that stuff gets released late in the year because it's very rare that something gets
1: gets fresh in your mind
0: yeah like it was it was years ago but it was like fargo was released in february and i think they said that's like the earliest a best picture winner has ever been released Mm -hmm. because nowadays they want to release it in like if I'm getting this correctly, I think it's like two major cities. So it's like L.A. and New York for like one week or two weeks. And that's all you had to do to classify as a 2014 film. Or just in like one theater. So yeah. Is the, all you need, the minimum. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's all you need. So it's not like it has to be a movie that everybody has seen. And and I think the last few years as well, um, it's been a run of movies. that, that silly. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, like, it's, like their so rules the are...
2: Hollywood is kind of shooting itself in the foot with that one.
0: Well, people always say, people around now will always ask, and especially if I'm kind of like online kind of checking our Twitters or checking our Facebook stuff, what's your favorite list of the year? And I'm like, I was like, even if I wasn't involved in the Mayfair, I can't do my favorite list of the year till like like May. Give another, Be- <laughs> yeah, give
2: me another two months so that I can catch up on everything. So it
0: skews weird because like, like for example, like, like I see, it's probably not too shocking that I see almost all my movies here, like everybody else, every once in a while I watch a movie on Netflix or something. But uh, you, everyone's you tend to avoid the uh, the multiplex. I don't. Yeah, Same
2: here. I think a lot of people feel guilty. They won't even ask me to go elsewhere.
0: Yeah, yes. and and it's one of those things where I'm not like outside picketing them, and I won't name names. <laughs> but I've just had a bad time at multiplexes the last little while, and I don't want to get in like a soapbox about it. Of just but like. The lights going down at the wrong time or the film like the um the it being in the wrong aspect ratio mm-hmm. and then having to go out and tell somebody and and inevitably it's like a cliched like simpsons 15 year old and i'm like oh uh just so you know the the, the trailers they're showing in, in the, the wrong size it's, it's like it doesn't look right and and they will tell me back that oh i don't think i can fix that and i'll say i'm pretty sure you can but, um, There's this
2: thing called an aspect ratio, my friend. Yeah,
0: and, and so the only time I go now is, is every once in a while I'll get like a, a free movie pass, so I'll go see like like the the, the pre screening, and often it's stuff that I think we might not get, and I'm a movie nerd enough to, um, you know, despite knowing better, still want to go see a Fast and the Furious movie or Dracula or or uh, what did I see? The Lone Ranger. I saw the <laughs> Lone Ranger for free. So then I don't feel I feel like I'm not cheating on the Mayfair because I'm not giving anybody money, <laughs> but um, but are you buying popcorn? Mm. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> never. <laughs> I go in my Mayfair shirt. Do you,
2: you bring Mayfair popcorn? Yeah, I give uh, give out, give out
0: passes to people around. But it, it's um, it's people award season. It's it's a lot of times movies that people aren't seeing at the multiplexes, mm-hmm. so they'll see it with places like us, and and I think like. Like I am dying to see Birdman, but I haven't uh-huh. seen it yet. I've seen it. And at the multiplex. <laughs> I think I don't think it's flopped per se, because when you do the the mathematics of it didn't cost very much or whatever, mm. but it hasn't made a hundred million dollars. Like
1: I always say like in, in the parameters of, of that kind of film, it hasn't yeah. it hasn't really done.
0: Yet. That. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I, I always say that like a movie like Birdman say it makes $30 million, that's $30 million less than Deuce Bigelow Male Gigolo made. Mm-hmm. That's always what I think. It's like this movie that everyone loves and critically acclaimed and may win Oscars is seen by a fraction of the people that see Rob Schneider movies. But, so, like, I...
1: So, I, I haven't seen Birdman. Um, well, let, let's list the, yeah. the best picture nominees here. It's we, We've got Birdman, we've got... American Sniper, which I saw last night. Mm-hmm. Boyhood, which I think, yeah, we've all we, seen we, that. we had Boyhood here, yeah. yeah. Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, which I've we had that. here. Imitation Game, Selma, The Theory of Everything, and Whiplash. Both of which we played. So, it, yeah. so, so what's that? So we have screened Whiplash, have, Theory of Everything. Grand Budapest, Boyhood, and that is it. Everything, and that. everything else we have yet to screen. And everything else is... Because those are... because. The ones we haven't screened are the ones that have pretty much just come out.
0: Yeah, and those are all
1: ones that like we have
0: posters in our lobby for, so they're kind yeah. of they're circling. Like I, I have seen the Birdman trailer now thirty times because we everybody we,
2: keeps asking me when we're gonna play yeah. it because they've seen the trailer so yeah. many times now. Yeah, I promise it's coming. Yeah. I promise it's
0: coming. Um, but that's always the interesting thing is that it's 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 twenty fourteen nominations, but a lot of people haven't seen a Lot of the nominees, and then I think it's a cliche of people well, tuning I, in. We haven't
1: seen all the nominees, no?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I own a movie theater and I've seen half of the movies <laughs> nominated. Um, and then I think it's a cliche of people tuning into the Oscars are tuning in to see dresses and the spectacle, yeah, yeah. and 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 when trying to win something. I don't know, did, did the artist do what Artists did well, right? Yeah, it, but it's like last few years it was like Artist, um, Zero Dark 30, I believe Hurt Locker. Sadly, was, had the record for the biggest flop of a movie that won the most accolades. Oh, okay. Hmm. Like when you figure out like it, it made like $10 million but won all the awards. Mm-hmm. And then vice versa, Transformers made a billion dollars and did mm-hmm. not get awards. So it's always like the, the skew. And that's what I always argue of, of just because, just because a movie wins awards or just because a movie makes money, it's all subjective. Mm-hmm. Like, like I can't, if somebody really loves Transformers, I could think in my heart that they're wrong, but I don't have. I can't talk them out of it. Well, you know? movies like
1: that'll get visual effects n- nominations. Yeah. yeah, it's funny with the Transformers movies, which you know they're not intellectually popular, mm-hmm. but you know they'll they'll get a, they'll get nominations for visual effects or sound editing or something. Yeah, and even uh, Industrial Light and Magic, who do the effects for the, for those movies, I had heard something. Somebody who who works there said something like you know we're doing our best work on on the crappiest movies yeah
0: yeah and even now like i think the last little while it's like whether it's it's uh you know ninja turtles or transformers Mm -hmm. or that kind of thing every once in a while you get to work on like a Guardians of the galaxy or something like that but you just don't know like you just Mm -hmm. don't know what's gonna like that that was my oscar joke this year was was i said uh uh, I, I was very upset that LEGO Movie didn't get nominated, but so proud of Bradley Cooper for getting a nomination for Rocket Raccoon, because he got nominated for American Sniper, but yeah. I think his role of the year was Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, yeah. And I, 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 got, I got to look over a list, but I'm pretty sure, like, even putting into account a lot of great indie films I saw this year, or I'm about to still see, like, a, I thought Whiplash was incredible. Whiplash is, is fantastic. But I think my favorite movie of the year is the one with the talking tree and raccoon. <laughs> like I, I think that's the movie that I, I love the most. That I love the characters. That I was I was so happy that we got to play it here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Lego Movie. I think my two favorite movies are pretty mainstream movies this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though we, there, there was a lot of other good, especially in Mayfair Mayfair Land. We see all the the weird foreign films and 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 uh, the indie stuff like like Whiplash. And I will. Hopefully, maybe as soon as this Friday or next Friday, see Birdman as soon as we get it. But yeah, this yeah, year was we're pretty. For the show times now. Yeah, yeah, it could, be, it could be news. It could happen as we're recording <laughs> this. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's always interesting to skew what gets nominated. And I thought the Lego guys were funny this year because pretty fast, with, with the magic of Twitter, they were making jokes. And one of the directors put up a picture of a Lego Oscar. And was like, don't worry, guys, I made my own. <laughs> and so they seem pretty lighthearted about being snubbed. And, you know, they those guys are on quite the roll, and they're getting to direct the sequel and doing other things. So
1: now it did get a nomination for, for the song. The song. I want the Everything song. Everything is awesome. I want the song to win.
2: The song should win. The song
1: I see it winning.
0: And it was nominated for or it won. Was it like the Writers Guild Awards or the the screen... Some some screenplay award Lego won. And it was a bit controversial, I think, because some people are like, well, you know, that doesn't count. But it won a Best Screenplay one from their peers. Like, Mm -hmm. I believe it was the Writers Guild. I could Mm -hmm. be wrong. But it was somebody like that. So it it has won some pretty big accolades. Yeah. But it's also... Every year is the same. Every year there's somebody ignored. Every year... This year, um, Roger Ebert's documentary, which we screened... Yep. I thought everybody thought that was going to be in there, yeah. and it wasn't. And I don't know if that was some kind of like, we can't give an award to a critic. I don't know. I don't know what the thought was there. But I thought everybody thought that was a shoe
1: in. And well, what what are the documentary nominees? I know that one of them one of them is uh, one that we showed recently, Citizen Four about mm. Edward Snowden. I'm glad
2: that's in
0: there.
1: There was a, a a very nice patron of ours who unfortunately.
0: Came to see the interview thinking it was Citizen Four. Oh! oh. <laughs> and, and nicely walked out about 10 <coughs> minutes in and went, Is this not the documentary? And I was like, No, but I could see how you might have mixed that up. So we had a nice conversation about it, but it wasn't her thing. But, because we showed Citizen Four, like, I think a couple of days before getting the interview. For two days.
1: For two days, and then the interview bumped it.
2: Finding Vivian Meyer is amazing.
1: I haven't yeah. seen that one yet. That's nominated. Apparently, that's like, that's really good. Yeah. About the photographer. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I did we see that. We played it a while ago. And there's uh, th- these ones I haven't even heard of. Varunga, and Last Days in Vietnam and Salt of the Earth.
2: Salt of the Earth. I feel like I recognize it. But well, we it's Vim it.
1: Vendors is one of the filmmakers, and I I, yeah, I know him. I'm a big fan of uh, Paris, Texas. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Yes. with uh, yeah. Harry Dean Stanton. It's amazing.
0: We saw Finding Vivian Meyer... I admit, sometimes Sometimes I know exactly what's coming, and sometimes our programmer books it, and I go, oh, I want to see that. Finding Vivian Meyer, I don't know why, but I walked in thinking it was a fiction film.
2: Uh-huh.
0: And then it starts up, and I was like, oh, wait, this is a documentary. And it was great, but that's, that's kind of my favorite way to walk into a movie not knowing, not knowing it anything. Mm-hmm. It happens so rarely, especially in this day and age. But, like, I remember... Uh, a million years ago I worked at a theater in Vancouver and there was a movie poster for run Lola run and it was like a a cute punk chick and run Lola run that's all I knew and I went in and it has now it's like one of my favorite movies of all time and I always think like like it's so tough nowadays because with even just having seen the Birdman trailer 30 times there's a couple things in there I wish I hadn't seen and uh but I love going into whatever genre. Like if I if it's a documentary or whatever, just going in blind. And even Citizen Four, I'm guilty of. I knew the story, but I didn't know it a hundred percent. So it, it really felt like, man, Citizen Four felt like a like a Hollywood thriller. Like, and even though it's for the most part, it's a three people talking in a hotel room is much of the movie, and I was just like edge of my seat, scared. And then it had conspiracy theory twists that are as big as like. You know, you think, like, oh, it sounds ridiculous that a JFK assassination is a conspiracy theory. And then you see Citizen Four
1: and you're like, oh, well, that... Pretty
2: much anything could be at this point. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: that's happening. So, Well, it, that's rare nowadays to walk into a movie blind, like, being totally ignorant of the yeah. story. Yeah, Because, you know, in the age of the internet where, you know, we're bombarded with spoilers and, and trailers, you know, the, there'll be five theatrical trailers for something.
0: yeah. We, uh, I went to see, I somehow, I'm, I'm pretty good at just avoiding the internet for this kind of stuff, but I, I went to see Avengers, and again, it's an example of something I went to um, uh, using, I always defend myself, I'm like, no, no, I used my visa points, I didn't pay for it, it's okay, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I went to see Avengers. My mom bought me a gift yeah, card. Yeah, <laughs> I did, I didn't make eye contact with anyone in the theater, I'm sorry, but uh, I'm a giant comic book nerd, so I, I knew I couldn't hold out the... 3 or 4 months at the time till we would have gotten it. Um and so afterwards we screened it and so I got to see the trailer here soon afterwards and I was just like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad I didn't see the trailer because there was like at least three things in the trailer that having seen the movie without it, I like was excited mm. and that got ruined." And I always say like it's it's so impossible, but if you could walk into, like, a, like Guardians of the Galaxy did it. Marvel movies have been doing it for me lately, of having mm-hmm. just little, fun little cameos or surprises yeah. that aren't ruined. And for a lot of it's just because I've fallen into the habit of avoiding some of the nerd sites because I find they, they lead with the spoiler. Like, mm-hmm. instead of saying, like, like, big twist in the movie, they'll say, this happened. And they ruin it. So, so again, like in, in speaking of Gone Girl, I'm so surprised I made it because some of you don't even try. Like you, you'll be flipping through a, a website, you know, and there it is, front and center.
1: Oh,
2: you log on to Facebook if and if you follow any sort of opinion-y anything. Yes, it's over.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, I was in, I was in pretty much a, a big hurry to see Gone Girl because I yes. knew that I'd be standing next to somebody and who would just blurt out the twist.
0: Yeah. There's, I, I, some stand-up comedian told this story, and he said this is a true story. I forget who it is. And he said in 1980, he was in line to go see Empire Strikes <laughs> Back, and a car full of teenagers drove by, and one of them yelled out the window, Darth Vader is Luke's dad! Oh, my God.
2: Oh. And oh my everyone God. in the line went... Wait, what? Did they run after the car? I, and I just pictured it like,
0: down. yeah, Frankenstein style. Rosebud <inaudible> rose is a sled. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. And I'm like, that's hilarious. But I would have been oh,
2: so furious.
0: Angry. Here, what was it? We were screening. What was the name of uh, William H. Macy's directorial debut. Oh, uh, uh,
1: Rudderless. Rudderless,
0: which I thought was a was a decent little melodrama. Uh, I was walking up to the projection booth. I believe because somebody who was doing a, a rental was was dropping off their film. So I was, I was bringing it upstairs to, to put upstairs. And if I had walked into the theater 90 seconds before or later, I would have been fine. But it was a scene with Lawrence Fishburne delivered a line of dialogue that exposed the twist in the oh. film. And I was standing, right now we're sitting up in the balcony, so I was standing like right here, back to the screen, walking up the steps, and Lawrence Fishburne said his line. And I and my shoulders went like, <laughs> oh, no. And Now I can't watch the movie. Yeah, so then I came to see the movie, and uh, it was still good, but I was just like, man, I wish I hadn't. Sometimes I wish you had those, like, men in black devices. And just, because <laughs> yeah. like, imagine going to see Planet of the Apes. There's some movies in our culture, even if you're not a movie nerd, you know what Soylent Green is. You know yeah. Planet of the Apes. You probably know Rosebud. You probably know the Darth Vader thing.
2: Or at the very least, you've heard of them. You know that it's a thing. Yeah. Out there.
0: Yeah. And if, I, if you just had one of those Men in Black devices and you just like erase your brain, e- even for films that you know some people it's not their favorite films in the world. But I said like even if an example I use from a nerd example is in Star Wars Episode Two, if you know Jango Fett was on the poster, so they kind of led with the spoiler there. Yeah. But if I could have walked into that movie. And uh what's his name? Tamara Morrison has a scene, and then they kind of have a little cutaway and they show the the the, the, the Boba Fett helmet. And if I could have walked through that movie not knowing that, I would have probably like jumped up in my seat. But you can't, like, because I understand they have to, you know, give some stuff away and stuff like that, but especially with, with some films, I'm so surprised that anybody gets anywhere. Even Roger Ebert, who I who I love, he got
1: in trouble with
0: Crying Game, I think it was. Yeah,
1: I was just about to mention. Cry- I've never seen the Crying Game, and it's oh, wow. because I know. Yeah. I know happens? the big twist because people wouldn't shut up about it. Yeah, it it was it was. A, so it kind of deters me from wanting to see it.
0: It was a Kids in the Hall sketch, where it was Kevin McDonald and Dave Foley, and they were doing the, um, uh, the name case of the two kind of goth characters, <laughs> uh, Hecubus, yeah. and they were saying like evil things, like, and he goes like, "Oh, I jaywalked today," or "Oh, I didn't return my library books." And he goes, Master, have you seen Crying Game? And he goes, No, I haven't. Well, he's a woman. <laughs> and I saw that and I appreciated the comedy of it, but I was like, I can't believe they just did. Had you that. seen The Crying Game? No, and that, that, that was out like when Kids in the Hall was out. Like that happened. Yeah,
1: 1992.
0: Yeah, so I watched that on like CBC on a Thursday night or whatever, yeah. however old I was. I was probably too young to see Crying Game. I was, <laughs> I was probably too young to watch Kids in the Hall, but. but I um, watched Kids in the Hall really young. Yeah. But, um, yeah, spoilers are always... and, And there'll be times when I find people, they don't mean to do it, but there's people I know who will go, did you see this movie? Blah.
2: Or did you hear about the part in this movie where blah happens?
0: And I can and, and yeah. I, and sometimes I Thanks. stop, and I, and I, I get angry, and I'm like, why, why would you just do that to me? Like, I, I don't and then understand. They'll be
2: like, well, you work in a movie theater, you've seen it already, right? Yeah. Like, like we get the movie a week ahead of time, and yeah. we all sit down and watch it together. Well, another,
1: another example is Million Dollar Baby, where, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if we can, well, I guess we can kind of spoil it. We can say spoiler now. <laughs> spoiler alert. When um, I hadn't seen the movie yet, but the ending. Pissed a lot of people off because right. it involves euthanasia right. with uh, Hillary Hillary Swank's character, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it offended a lot of people politically, right? Yeah. So yeah, it, it you know these were people who didn't care that they were spoiling the movie because you know it, right it, it was they made it this political issue like oh they you know he lets her die or he you know assist assisted suicides <laughs> Hillary Swank at the end of the movie and I'm like. Do you, not, do you yeah. not realize you're ruining it? Killed
0: the movie, yeah. Well, even I, like, completely opposite genre. But I remember watching the Aladdin trailer, like, in a theater. And it was one of those, and there's a name for it, but there's different kinds of trailers. Like, there's the true teaser trailer where you don't see anything. And But this trailer was, in the the two minutes or three minutes of the trailer, it was the movie. And, yeah. it, and it started at the, and it, it showed the beginning, it showed... Robin Williams stuff, it showed a little snippet of the dance number, it showed a fight scene, it showed the climax, and it showed like the ending of the the, the prince and princess kissing. It showed the whole thing. And I sat there, however old I was, I was like you know, 12 or something, even at a kid, kid age, I was still flabbergasted. I was like, why did you just do that? But I guess, unfortunately, whether it's right or wrong, a lot of the publicity department is that, there's a name for it, but there's, there's some people who want to, s- want to know everything before going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's the same people who who read, like, traditionally, the person who reads the last couple pages of the mystery novel. Yeah. And I don't want to know the last couple... Or, or people who will... will people who were dying for, you know, an actor on a talk show to tell something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you don't... If you're a Lost fan or a Breaking Bad fan, you don't really want to know the ending, you know? Or like... Like, right now with, you know, episode seven, Star Wars episode seven circling, you don't really want to know everything. But yet there is a, a type of, of movie fan who will go online and look around. Because they're, they're
1: impatient. Yes. I mean, that Star Wars isn't out until next Christmas, I guess. Yeah, so like 11 months from now. And, you know, it, it speaks to how, you know, we're, we're in a culture of instant gratification and people just, they don't want to wait. Yes. You
0: know. Yeah, and, and I would like to just go in not knowing anything. Uh, uh, speaking of, of Guardians again, I loved uh, – uh, I, mean, I won't say it in case someone hasn't seen it, but like most of the Marvel brand movies, now the Marvel Disney movies, there's a surprise at the end of the credits. And uh, it was such a great surprise that it it, it it just swelled my little geek heart. Like, I loved yeah. it. It was a simple little thing, but I loved it. And But I would not – in turn walk into a comic store and go did you see guardians yet no this happens at the end of the credits i would just i understand that that's like a horrible monstrous you, thing yeah, to do you
2: <laughs> tell people what happens in the nugget yeah you just tell them there's a nugget yes yeah, at, at
0: most they stay till the end of the credits yeah. you know and 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 don't ruin the end because that's part of it tell but, me
2: there's a surprise well, i, I thought know was, that there's a surprise coming
0: what were we we were screening something and this was a little while ago but it was something like Despicable Me or Frozen or something like that, and I was so movie nerd proud is that there was a mom getting her daughter ready to go, getting her coat on and stuff, and the kid was fidgeting and saying, no, mom, I want to stay. There might be something after the credits, and this was like (laughs) a 10-year-old, and I was like, yeah, and because the mom just wanted to get out of Dodge, yeah, but the kid was savvy enough to know that nowadays there might be something fun after the credits. Which I think on those
1: movies there there is on both of them so
2: especially with a the Marvel there's always one something of her friends that,
0: like yeah. she should wait
1: yeah there's always something at the end of a Marvel movie well now it's like
0: expected like yeah. now if they don't do one yeah. it's gonna and I just happened to read something by John Favreau and he said when we had our little after the credit thing on Iron Man it, it seems insane but we didn't know Iron Man was going to breed this franchise we just we, at worst we thought it would be a movie that nobody went to at best oh it would do pretty well maybe get a sequel but now it, 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 now it's like people expect it it's like the marvel movie does this the, and for better or for a lot of people complain about it because they say it's not like a movie they're more like tv shows but it's like the marvel movie has cameos that lead to another movie the marvel movie has something after the credits yeah and now like they're i think they're doing that with they're doing that with dc comics they're doing that with Universal Monsters. But it's nothing new, because I always say, like, you know, there's five Planet of the Apes films, and it's not because they had five stories to tell. It's because part one made money, part two made mm-hmm. money, and there would have been a part six, but part five didn't make money. And that's why there's five Planet of the Apes films. <laughs> yeah. So sequels are nothing new. I mean, we... A while back, um, we screened some old disaster films. Yeah. And nobody made those for any integrity. They made those because they were popular at the well, time. Well, yeah. Like,
1: we uh, we actually... We showed... One of the airport movies, because only we were trying to screen. You know, we still screen films on thirty-five millimeter. Everything's digital now, Mm -hmm. but we still have an old thirty-five millimeter projector. So, when we did that disaster festival, we could just show what was available. So we showed the Swarm. Yes. We showed. uh, Earthquake. Earthquake. We showed was it the Hindenburg. Hindenburg with George C. Scott? Yeah. And we the only airport movie that was available was the third one. Yeah. Airport 77 with Jack Lemmon. Yeah. Where the the plane gets submerged in water.
0: Yeah. And they're not and Or no, didn't
1: we do didn't we do Concord as well? Or yes. Was it just one one of those? Yeah. But we didn't do the first two. We didn't do uh...
0: <laughs> But I, but I don't think any of them are good.
1: Like none of them are. No. Good. They're entertaining, <laughs> yeah. but they yeah. they're cheesy as hell.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we we um, as kind of uh, in the context of if you don't know us, we we used to have a monthly program now we program weekly, uh, which basically means on Monday we announce the following Friday to Thursday. And I think we're all kind of through it now. Like, like some people complain, some people kind of fear change. I totally understand because I grew up with a Mayfair monthly calendar on my fridge. Mm-hmm. But what it meant is because for stuff like the interview or last year we got to screen uh, Interstellar on 35mm, lot of times in the 11th hour we'll get an offer and if we were monthly programmed it would mean oh sorry we've already got february figured out we can't do that till march so now we can kind of roll with the punches a bit more so it has meant a little bit less in the way of cult cinema or retro stuff uh not gone completely because even just the other day i kind of flipped through our 2014 schedule and it was more than i thought and you kind of forget because we show so many newer films now Oh, yeah, Mel, Mel's leaving. Mel's leaving the building. Mel's got to go do something. <laughs> we, we are have... we are at work. <laughs> oh, yes. Mel has to get
1: ready to open. I think in about 10 minutes we're opening to show Gone Girl, to show Gone Girl and then We're Big doing eyes. tonight we're doing two screenings of Gone Girl and a screening of Big Eyes. Yes. Big Eyes. So I guess we can chat for another few minutes before wrapping up. Um so maybe – what should we do? Should we uh, – Well, we can mention uh, – I guess we can start to plug ourselves a bit more here and talk yeah. about what we've got coming up. We've got uh, – on the 23rd of January, we've got an Ottawa premiere. We do Ottawa premieres of, uh, of independent films that yes. aren't showing elsewhere in the city. So we've got a movie coming up called Dear White People, which yeah. is supposed to be really good. It's, uh,
0: yeah, I saw the trailer for the first time recently here, probably on Friday. And it, it looks uh, it looks funny.
1: Mm-hmm. It doesn't look um, college satire on yeah. black and white uh, racial stereotypes. Yeah, and, and looks the a Obama little bit like era.
0: early Spike Lee, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: but that's gonna be getting a lot of good good play,
0: uh, a lot of good reviews. Uh, and then we have uh, Killers on January thirtieth. Mm-hmm. This is is this a what country is this from? Um, where is it from? I, I, I know it's from the filmmakers. It's from the producers of... The Raid. The Raid and Raid 2. Um, and it's funny nowadays, because when you say from the producers, most movies have like 40 producers attached yeah. to it. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's from the legit producers of The Raid and Raid 2. And I know it's also amongst its uh, pr- producing credits was some uh, a filmmaker who worked on... Tokyo Gore Police and Machine Girl,
1: mm-hmm. which and we screen those, we've
0: screened those, and I, those movies are not for everyone, but I love those movies, mm-hmm. and I think Killers is a bit more. It's um, is it like a
1: uh, a cop movie? It like it's, uh, it it's somewhat of a like I think it mixes um horror and. Uh, and like a cat and mouse kind of thing. It sounds similar to a movie that we showed called uh, Here Comes the Devil. Oh yeah, and I like that movie. Where it's it's uh, two, it's like a cop and a, a serial killer kind of playing, playing cat and mouse. And I think Killers is um, a guy who uh, tortures people and videotapes it, broadcasts it on the internet. And then he's got, mm-hmm. um, I, I guess it's somebody going after him. It's another, um, some guy going out for revenge against him or right. something like that. So they have like kind of a cat and mouse uh, one-upmanship. Not to be confused with a John Woo movie. Because isn't there a John Woo movie called Killers? Uh, there's an Ashton Kutcher movie called Killers. God, there's a lot of movies called the Killers. So
0: this is a new movie called the if you If you check out our website, you can find a, a trailer to it and stuff like that.
1: So that's coming up. Uh, what else do we have uh, the Baba the Baba duck on March 6th, which is a very good uh, horror film from Australia yeah that's been
0: getting I, I know I, I did a little Twitter blurb about it and it was like in two kind of big nerd festivals one in Austin the is it Fantastic fest mm-hmm. and the Toronto after Dark fest it won um, a barrel full of awards from each one ranging mm-hmm. from best new filmmaker to, to I, I believe, if I'm not lying, like best script or best monster, it won about half a dozen awards from each festival. I think. people's choice awards from one of them, uh, and that's one that people have been asking for us a lot. And so yeah, we'll be premiering that in Ottawa March 6th, and it looks it looks like a good old fashioned, like like not that there's anything wrong with it, but a lot, a lot of things lately have been there was a lot of saw films.
1: Yeah, it's a then, lot of lot of torture porn. And then of, there's
0: been a lot of um,
1: this is this is footage. a very. Yeah, this is a very old-fashioned, like, classy horror film in that it's, it's about this, this single mother. She's got a young son who's very hyperactive. He believes that there's this monster called the Babadook, like a boogeyman, coming after them. Right. And it's very, very good in, in that it's, like, it's very well acted. It's very believable. Like, you believe that this is actually happening. It's not yeah. just... Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's, it's very, very much worth seeing.
0: And then we also have, uh, for um, short films, every once in a while we'll do a little short film festival. So we have uh, our, our Valentine tradition, uh, Painted Lips and Lolly Licks, a sexy film festival. And that's uh, local and international. So if you happen to be hearing this before Valentine's Day uh, 2015 and you have a short film, either romantic or sexy in nature, you can submit that to us here at the Mayfair. Uh, you can find information uh, online of how to do that. So we have that coming up.
1: That's on February 14th at 9.30. And uh, it's being judged, virtually judged, by a uh, pinup model, Miss Casey Marie. And then we have um,
0: our ongoing tradition of um, The Room and Rocky Horror are both on the horizon again. Mm-hmm. And if you miss this, it'll, it'll be probably playing again. So uh, it's January 24th is The Room. January 31st is Rocky Horror.
1: Mm-hmm. And those play every month.
0: Yeah, and Rocky Horror, we have a, what they call a shadow cast. So you're kind of seeing a live performance along with seeing the film behind the people as they do this live interactive performance for you. So it is. It's. It's. Uh,
1: it's any very popular. Very normally.
0: popular. Yeah, and supposedly that we there's
1: some ridiculous statistic that we're like it's like the third or sec- like the third highest grossing. Uh, Theater playing like, rock, playing Rocky Horror in like North en- America.
0: Anywhere in North America, yeah.
1: And that's because of Halloween. It's it's always been a Halloween tradition here, and and uh, that you know we we sell out yeah. with uh, multiple Halloween shows, and people get dressed up, and it's it's a really big event in the city. Yeah. So that's uh, I always say, like anybody who you know, movies. There's
0: no movie that is for everybody. And whether you're one of our patrons who are more towards what I, what I, I always am guilty of calling the, the Helen Mirren, uh, Judy Dench <laughs> crowd, or if you're coming to see something like Duke, or if you're coming on weekends to see uh, family matinees of whatever in the past few years, whether it be Muppet movie or Frozen or Lego, that's what I really like about it here is we have a little something for everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think we got to wrap up pretty soon so we can show movies to people here in the theater yeah we have to clear the theater space which we're in right now yeah. <laughs> to let people in
0: so make sure to uh you can check us out all over the internet of course we're on twitter and facebook and we have our own website mayfairtheater.ca where you can contact us through various means
1: and we have a weekly newsletter that you can sign up for and stay up to date on our listings and show times and all that good stuff coming up Cool. So uh, thanks for listening. Let us know what you think. We're easy
0: enough to get a hold of. And uh, maybe we'll uh, have another one of these very soon.
1: Yeah. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. All right. See you soon.
0: Get more out of life. Go out to a movie.